We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Art Carlo Navas. And with me today, we have the co-host of pre-gaming, Kenny Spence. What's up, man? What's going on? I hope I sound good. I didn't really test it, but we here. We are airing right now. So if I sound bad, it's too late. Fuck you it. sound How y'all doing? fantastic, at least to me. And that's all that matters because I run the show here. <laughs> also, coming to you live from five reasons, from five on the floor, Established media member and person who holds people accountable. Our professional <laughs> screw up, Alex Toledo. Troppy, baby. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, Alex? How we doing? Chilling, man. Just a lot of games. A lot of games. We had a watch party. I'm still like recovering from that. Um, Chef Trilly yeah. showed up to your watch party. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a big time, big time, uh, you know, personality to, to have show up. You know, really gets the people to come out, but <laughs> yeah, really gets the people going. Um, you know, we talked to Cody Zeller today. That's going to go up uh, soon tonight and on YouTube. Black man and Robin. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw the party say the nickname, but yeah. you know yeah, what? I, was gonna say, I don't think you can. Say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm repeating. I'm quoting what Jimmy Butler said in the locker room after Saturday. Uh, however, Eric Spolster does not agree that. Uh, that Cody's other should have minutes. And we'll talk about that. Uh, we have a lot to get to today, but I want to shout out our sponsor before we get to anything else, Miami Gaming Parties, because you deserve a customized gaming experience. Miami Gaming Parties delivers private custom video games tournaments for gamers and their lucky guests. And this is truly custom. You can pick the game, the package, premium or black tie VIP for 8 to 16 people, guys. We have like 8 to 16 people on EP. We could throw our own Call of Duty or I don't know what I don't know what kids play nowadays. I play fighting games. I don't, I don't know what kids play, but whatever you, whatever the kids play. Uh, then they bring it all, man, from PS5s to trophies for the winners. You can play at home or at a venue of your choosing with free on-site consultation. And I've met I've met the fine people, Colin and his team, that run this. They're very, very good, and they're very easy to talk to. Highly recommend. 
Uh, and it's perfect for birthday parties, bachelor parties, anniversaries, corporate events, anything you want, really. I mean, it's, it's flexible. So check out MiamiGamingParties.com for more information. You can find them on Twitter at GamingParties or on Instagram my, at Miami underscore Gaming underscore Parties or search Miami Gaming Parties on Facebook. So check this out. Ryan Prevera is right. We called that a land party once upon a time. Listen, Ryan, we are us millennials. We're getting aged out. Kids don't know what that's like. They don't know the joy of getting together with your friends and playing a video game because they all do it online. Alex, you know, you're nodding your head. Yeah, it was a big deal back then, especially like for me, who was uh, big time into Pokemon as a kid, you know, <laughs> being able to trade certain Pokemon and, you know, wanting to battle with friends like you had to you had to like put the link cable and all that. I don't oh, remember. the link cable, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's. I think I used the right term. No, Miami, like Miami Parties has evolved. Uh, Paul's like Valorant tournament on the go in chat. Absolutely. So hit him up if you want to throw one of those. We, we appreciate the support uh, by Miami Gaming Parties. Gentlemen, Jimmy's a gamer. Yeah. But not the gamer <laughs> you think. An on-the-court gamer. And I want to talk today about... Nice transition. Absolutely. That was really good. I want to talk about kind of Miami's playoff hunt, right? So Brooklyn lost yesterday. They played Detroit, both of the teams on the second night of a back-to-back. Detroit, uh, a team that is uh, barely constituting an NBA team that uh, took another worldly performance from Jimmy to beat them. Uh, And Brooklyn has them tonight coming off a loss. Uh, Miami's going to need Brooklyn to lose another game, and Miami's going to have to win out in order to get a six seed. So they're going to need some help, and they're going to have to beat Philly uh, knowing whether or not they play their players, although the last time that happened didn't go so well for Miami. Uh, so Miami, Miami's in play to get six and set up a matchup with Philadelphia, or they could stay in seven, which is probably the more likely scenario, and uh, have a playing match with probably either Atlanta or Toronto uh, for the lovely chance to play the Boston Celtics. So, I, gentlemen, I just want to talk about this. Uh, and Chad is right. Detroit is up right now at, at seven. I don't even—they're up seven right now. So Detroit is winning uh, against Brooklyn, uh, and we'll we'll update you as Chad. I'm sure Chad will too. As we go, it's 25 to 18 over there. I just want to talk about, like, how we feel about the Heat going in, like, with matchups and stuff. Um, you know, not, not a full-on preview, but how we feel. Alex, I want to start with you, man. Like, I, I'm very – I don't know how they're going to look against a complete Philly team considering their defense. The, way, the reason I trusted them against the Sixers was because of how they could defend. I'm not so sure that they can still do that, especially with kind of the way that their rotation is shaked out. How do you feel about a Philly matchup? And, like, does that does six even entice you for that reason? Yeah, I think that's it's always enticed me, and I'm definitely biased, but I 100% would want that matchup if I'm the Heat. And I think, you know, you can give them a certain benefit of the doubt that they can go back to their defensive first ways. You know, if you kind of mess around with the rotation, get a defensive wing back in the starting lineup as opposed to a Kevin Love or Max Struess. Um, like there are ways that I think you can go back to that. We know that what their scheme would look like more or less versus Joel Embiid. Hopefully, you know, more towards the, what the latter half of the last Heat Sixers uh, playoff series looked like more than the first where they were switching everything and he constantly had a bunch of smalls trying to trap him and he was just kind of scoring right over them. It was not an issue at all. Whereas in the second half, it was all about, you know, Bam fronting him one-on-one, trying to make sure Bam didn't get screened off of Embiid and just keeping that matchup um, uh, for them too, right? And then the other way that they that they were able to win on the defensive end, other than you know the Embiid rules, was 
uh, P.J. Tucker's, I think, really big defense on James Harden. Now, I think they'll be okay. They have an, an, I think they have enough guys between Caleb and Jimmy who can guard Harden. I mean, I don't know if Highsmith is going to see playing time. I don't know if Oladipo is going to see playing time based on what we've seen recently. I think recently. Kyle will see some time, a lot of time on him. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, he could probably get switched out to him uh, a little bit too. I'm okay with it. I think they have enough there, but they have to go back to being solid on defense. Like It's just problematic to try to flip that switch when it feels like this whole post-All-Star break, um, like they've kind of broken down some of those habits that they were building in the first half of the season, and it feels like they've just kind of been you know, eating shit. So, and I don't know how fast you could just flip that switch if it's just like, you know, now that the season's over and whenever they, if they were to get into that matchup, um, you know, things will be fine. But I don't know. That, that's still the matchup I would prefer. Like, I think you got to prefer that over playing Boston in the first round. Chat chat split on this because we got some people. Uh, we have we have some people in chat like Ryan's Prevera saying I prefer Boston in the first round and beat Harden no after way. that than Milwaukee. Uh, my thinking is that Boston's smaller than Philly and Milwaukee, so there's less size to deal with. The better. Rip Solo says I don't want Boston. I think we'd win two games over Boston this year. Supposedly coming off a seven game series um, with the Bucks that they were that they are much more healthy this season. And Paul says I'm afraid of Tatum. Not gonna lie. So, you know, a, 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 a mix of opinions in chat, Kenny. Yeah. Um, but I would say I'll go with the Philly side just because, one, if you go Boston, you have to play the play-in first. And there's not much time for rest between those games. And then you go against, like, I understand the Celtics have kind of slid a little bit, but they're still the Celtics. And so I wouldn't want to deal with that. And then with the Sixers, it's just kind of, I won't say easier to guard. But you understand, like you can you can afford to not leave PJ, but not have to really game plan too much for PJ's offense. Whereas the Sixers, they just have a lot more weapons. James Harden, I think, is leading the league in assists still, just carving teams up. And so there's just more stuff you have to worry about with Philadelphia. Well, less stuff I mean to worry about with Philadelphia than with the Celtics. And so I would much prefer that. That's interesting because like. I'm a little I got I'm not gonna lie, I'd be very worried about Toronto in the plan if I'm Miami. I don't like that matchup for them. They have not looked good. Alex, have they have they won a game against I think they've won one game this year against the Raptors. I should I think know this. We were talking about this like a week or two ago, but we do so many podcasts at this point that I, I just <laughs> it all melts together. Oh my god, really. That's exactly what's happening. But content's um, not real. They're, I'm pretty sure the record was not good versus because Ethan was talking about it versus like a combined <laughs> the Bulls and the Raptors like those yeah were, Chicago they and, stink I actually would not be worried against Chicago I actually whereas like they're beating the Hawks like they beat them in the regular season and yeah. Yeah, we saw what they did in the last playoffs you know but the Bulls and the Raptors are ones that they don't have good records against uh, this season and and for Toronto they just play a very physical style of basketball that you know. Just if like I think you could ask the Sixers, you know, bad shit happens when uh when two teams they're like big that. at every position now that they have a, a five again. Yeah, and and Jakob has been super good for them. Uh Red Pereira says Boston's ten and eight in their last eighteen. Um that's you know, I, I think that they've kind of not a little encouraging. I think the Sixers are frauds. Like I'd rather play that. <laughs> I think they're frauds too, Alex. And I was always on board with like I think that's the matchup I want if I'm Miami. I just think that without this defensive identity I don't I don't feel as confident about that anymore because I yeah, I think that you, the right. reason why I thought that they would do well against Philadelphia was because they have unique tools to defend them 
And I think when you discombobulate their offense, they really fall apart on both ends. And I think also they are uniquely gifted at forcing turnovers on Philadelphia, especially Embiid. And I think they were, again, very good helping. Right? You don't they, think they can do that anymore? I don't know. I, I have I, don't, I have questions, man. I, I don't think they're defending at a level. And that starts with Bam because if it was like – if Bam was playing awesome on defense still and everyone else was just kind of like mid – I might, I might I'm less still. About Bam huh? On defense, I think Bam takes that stuff personally. I, I, I don't think there's any way he would eat shit versus Joel Embiid. I, I think, I think he's a I little. I want to see him matched up versus Embiid from the start of a playoff series. I think he's yeah. a little he worn out and banged up, Alex. I think he's a little worn out and banged up. I think the hip, oh, for sure. the hip has been bothering him. You know, we know about the knees, Kenny, and and mm-hmm. kind of that kind of reoccurring health problem with him. I know he hasn't talked about that this season, but. It's always kind of something on the back of my mind, and he's had to. He's had, He's played a lot this season. I don't know how many games he's played, but it feels like a ton. So I'm. I'm a little, Kenny. I'm. I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, for sure. But I think I'm more on Alex's side. I think if he gets the Embiid matchup, I don't think he's gonna let too much of that. He's gonna power through it and kind of do what he has to do. And to be he's honest, seventy three games by the way this season, which is pretty remarkable this yeah. day and age. Yeah, this NH and this season, this Heat team hasn't had guys available for you for most of the season, so that's impressive. But they yeah, have he, they uh, have lately though, and lately yeah. they haven't looked good on defense, which is my concern. But I think, yeah, I honestly, because I can't even say just Bam because Caleb's been inconsistent on that end too, and that's also concerning. And so, and then I don't know, Gabe lately just decides when he's gonna be Gabe on defense and when he's not, and so I I, I, just, I don't I don't know. I'm hoping for them to be able to turn around, but they went out of time. And they, so I'm on both the sides a little bit. I think I prefer the Sixers matchup, but either way, the slip on defense concerns me because as good as the offense has been recently, I still don't really trust it. I just yeah. trust Bam defending those wings a little more than what Philly provides because I also think that like Maxie's a problem for them that they truly just haven't really shown that they have a recipe to defend that. Bam um, should not be on the wings in a Sixers series. Period. No, he shouldn't. But in the Celtics series... I think you're more comfortable with that because really like the yeah. role threats don't scare you. So then Bam can start helping. And I think, you know, Jimmy in that series, like Jimmy's helping Tobias and kind of being a help defender. And I, I think a lot of people on Twitter have been like pretty dismissive of Jimmy's on-ball defense. Jimmy's a great on-ball defender. I think he's just a better help guy, but he's fantastic mm-hmm. on-ball. And I think having him available to kind of take some turns on Jalen and Jason with Bam also taking – they have more – and I think Highsmith will be huge in that series, and I think we've seen him play well in the Celtics. So I don't know. I think I've come around to I'm a little more comfortable with the Boston matchup. And wow, yeah, no, I I, I think I'm like, there. What, what happened to what you were saying on literally your last podcast? I was just listening to that. <laughs> yeah, today. yeah, yeah. And and you were talking about how much you hate the Sixers. Like now you're I do hate them. Breaking out of character, trying to be objective. Like, <laughs> what am I here for? I do hate the Sixers. We're gonna hate on the Sixers. I do. No, I do. I I I think they're frauds too. I I think they lose round two to Boston or or whoever they play. Um, I think that he would make a Celtics series competitive. Not neither one would be easy. I don't think the Sixers would. I be think easy. Miami loses to Boston in six. Uh, but I think I think man that that if they steal one of those first two games. Coming back to Miami, tied one one. Oh baby, we're so back. Mm-hmm. We're so back. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> I, I I think I'm coming around to to G's side though because they do have those two guys who are amazing. But I just you know what? 
It's going to depend on what the Heat do because I did want to see Max on the starting lineup recently, and he's looked pretty good. But either way it goes, they're going to have to, like Alex said, get a defender back in there. And I think in that case, that benefits them against Boston a little more because you're going to need a Caleb and, like you said, a High Smith and a bunch of other people in there to guard them. And so I think that works out a little better and makes things not easier because it's not going to be easy. But the Celtics don't have a speed demon like Tyrese Maxey where there's just there's nothing you can do about him. You can kind of figure out ways to try to match up with the Celtics. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is going to sound crazy. I just trust Max on like Jalen more than I trust Max on either Harden or Maxi. If in, in there's kind of switching kind of scheme. Alex, you're making a face. Think about it. No, you're right. It's I think it's fair to say that just because Jalen doesn't have. Jalen's a better player than those guys. I want to make it clear. Like yeah. I think Jalen Brown is like a fantastic basketball player who that's a winning matchup for Jalen Brown. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying like, I feel like less can he is go limited wrong. As a ball handler. Yeah. I just think, yeah, he's a shakier ball handler and he's not as quick. And I think that with some yep. kind of team defense, you know, they can maybe weather that storm. Cause I don't think that you're going to outright stop that guy. You know, he's too talented, but you know, you, I think if you're Miami and if you're like, well, how can we upset a team in the first round? It starts with like, can we kind of like get a couple of these guys off their game a little bit by maybe forcing yeah. some turnovers? And I'm starting to feel like it's more likely they can do that to Boston because I just, I don't trust what they can do defensively wow. against the Sixers as presently constituted with their current rotation. I think it's honestly, I'm surprised that you, that you lean that way with that part too, just because I feel like 
I still think if I had to bet money that he's going to end up starting Caleb, I don't know if it's sooner than later. I don't know if he would do it game one. Do you think he'd start Lowry? Because Alpha's been on the train of like, Spoh's going to gore on this. I don't think he will, but I certainly think it'll, I think, I think it's certainly an option. Lowry's not the level of player that Goron was I in the agree. bubble. I agree. So it's not a good comparison. Even I though I, I like what he's giving you off the bench. Like, I think he's been solid since he came back. And that's why I think I would just keep it there. I think um, it's, I think it's working as well as anything works on this team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just, and you know, the one, like, you know, the, the three man combo with Lowry, Love, Caleb, extremely small sample, you know, they're killing it in those minutes. Um, the new starting lineup, quote unquote, with Max and Gabe, with Jimmy Bam and Tyler, uh, also small sample, a little bit bigger than the other one, but also killing it in those minutes. You know, they're pretty above average in those. The, like, I think he's community lost, but that need to, you know, be the actual starting lineup. I think for for a playoff matchup, like I would not be surprised whatsoever if one of those other guys was back in the starting lineup, whether it's Love or Caleb. Even though I'm I'm good on Love staying on the bench, like I think he looks like you know. Kenny wins. Kenny wins. Kevin Love, it's crazy. He's giving you a Monica Minnesota K Love with like these cuts to the post, and you know sometimes he's drawing two. You're easy basketball, not just spacer. So I think he gets more of a rhythm there. You're not playing against the the best units of the other team. I, I think he's good there. They it's hated him because he told the truth. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I thought he was he could be okay as a, you know, kind of in that Kelly Myers role where you start him for a while, and they kind of start each half. But he's already he's already kind of played himself out of that. I think he should just stay on the bench, stay getting 15, 18 minutes a game, and being productive in those 15, 18 minutes. Now they just gotta you know they chose between him and Zeller. And we're at where we're at. I, I, I got tired of seeing them try to show and recover for two different guys in the starting lineup. <laughs> I, it's just so much effort. Like, I completely understand why Spo did it. I'm not, like, trashing him for that. It's just so They had to see how it looked. Up. And I did it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I just think it wasn't worth it. Like, it wasn't worth the cost, even though the, the lineups ended up being kind of neutral that the, with Love uh, there as a starter. But. I feel like it, you're not getting the offensive output you want, and you're getting it more with him as a backup five and with those mm-hmm. lineups with Jimmy. So I'm kind of just good with, with that where it's at. I think they end up starting Caleb, though. That's that's what I would probably end up guessing versus Boston or Philly. I think they're going to end up going towards gonna the go safer back. option, the more conservative option yeah. where you can have an extra wing defender. Caleb's, you know, one of the more stable um, shooters this season just from a percentage standpoint. Like, he can hit that corner shot. There's nothing perfect. There's no perfect solution. I just don't think Max or Kevin Love are are great options as starters versus those teams. Like there's just so many, you know, so many um matchup problems, I think. I think chat's kind yeah, of and, coming and, around. Go ahead, Kenny. Yeah, and that's the thing I, I kinda like obviously I said it very loud and like not well thought out when I was saying it, but <laughs> the thing with Kevin Love starting is just that he he's not he's the type of player to where I wouldn't say he needs his own unit. It's a little crazy, but all his skills don't necessarily fit what the team needed from him. Like, yeah, he shot amazing from the corner this season in Cleveland, but overall from three, he kind of didn't. And so, but he is one of the better play playmaking bigs we've seen in this generation. And so if you have him in a lineup with Tyler, with Bam, with Jimmy, you don't really have a chance to use that before you take him out. So it's kind of useless. And so you put him off the bench with Kyle to where they can kind of not go back and forth. Obviously Kyle has the, has a little more, but you can use Ke- um, Kevin Love a little more in a high post and kind of run all kind of counters and stuff Tyler's like that. Lineups too now. Yeah. 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 
And they can also use him on and off the ball. It, it just fits better than trying to, like, get some out of Kevin Love in the first six minutes. It's kind of difficult to get Bam, Jimmy, and Tyler involved and also have Kevin Love doing stuff. I, I'd i like to change. I think it's worked again. I, 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 I'm with Alex. I get why they tried it, and I think in theory it made sense to kind of help their offense. I think Kevin just wasn't playing well with it, and for everything that Kitty said, so... I'm kind of in on that. I do – I think, you know, as Alex also said, they compromised their defense a bunch. I think they were really overhelping um, out of necessity because, you know, and I, I've talked about this before. Like, I don't think Tyler has an effort problem. I think he just has a size problem. And I think they've shown you that they can survive those size deficiencies, you know, with the right defenders on the floor and what he provides to you on offense and as a ball handler, I, I think kind of justifies, like, all his playing time, especially late. But I think with him and Kevin together, he kind of made it tough because now you have you have a small guy and, and just a guy who gets picked on. And when they get put in actions together, now, you know, one guy has to come help. And then, then they're at, you know, behind the eight ball early. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's – and listen, Justin Rowan came on the pod and is like, ah, I wouldn't play them together if I were you. He also said he wouldn't play Kevin as a, as a center either, which has been kind of good, although I like Zeller more. Um, so we'll see where that happens. Alex, you talked to Cody today. Did, I mean, how, how is the vibe? Do you think he's going to play more? You know, I mean, look, there's nothing from the interview that told me that Cody Zeller is going to play more. Like we didn't necessarily, I didn't ask him, Hey, what do you think about you not playing last night after having such a great game versus the, well, that, that's you know, your job world. holding people accountable. I thought that that's what this was about. <laughs> Come on, man. We were trying to keep the vibes good, not just make him, you know, it's, Force him into a into a rough place where he has to like what? What is he gonna say? Where does he oh, rank among your favorite backup centers? What's in... he gonna say? What's he gonna say? I have to be a professional and and supposed to play me when he thinks he's gonna play. Like you could have gotten news. You could have been like this fucking guy gave Kevin there is no Love news, But there's good tidbits in there about nicknames, history with Oladipo, history with Oladipo. He gave us. He gave us. Yeah, they play cards together. He gave and, us, and they're great, riding the bench uh, together. He gave us a great uh, prank story. Like, there was a lot of good stuff, man. I, I really funny. enjoyed the interview. I, I hope he comes back next season. Uh, it, it looks like Yurt might throw a small mutiny. He said he wants to come back. Uh, if you want to really? talk about news. Yeah, he said he wants to come oh, back. Oh, that's there's, breaking there's news, news, baby. Oh, I, I welcome there's your news. I welcome we that's haven't even dropped the episode news. yet, so there's your news. <laughs> breaking news. Cody Zeller wants to come back. Um, we did life for Cody Zeller. Heat life for Cody Zeller. Yes, we did. The backup center we deserve. <laughs> Not the one we wanted. Um. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, apparently Joe Harris is cooking uh, Detroit. So okay, well that was that that was short lived. 
Um, <laughs> hopefully the mat. I think the magic play them. Hopefully the magic can take care of them. Uh, as, as Orlando does. I'm Do telling you, I have man. a question for you. Yes. Based on the, the playoff matches that we were talking about, just kind of, uh, as we're talking it through here, you know, I, I was talking about how I think I, w- I would want to have Bam just on and beat as much as possible. Obviously it seems like an obvious thing to say, but it's harder to do because teams are obviously going to be throwing screens all over the place. And you know, that he like to switch off ball screens. We've obviously seen, uh, seen them switch on ball screens in the past. Um, I don't know, you know, when you have to be that, um, like you can't move from that, right. You have to be so focused on keep Bam on a beat, keep Bam on a beat. I think, that when the more I think about it, it takes away from their defensive versatility. I think a bit when you're mm-hmm. talking about them at their best. I think they'll switch and, early. I think to start the series, they'll play their base, and they know that they can go single coverage later. And I think you've seen that kind of in the flow of the games. Why? We've already seen how that plays out. Just I don't. I, well, I think we've already seen the results. I also think it's like it's pretty demanding for Bam to guard Embiid for a seven game series. Cause I, I, and I think that I think Embiid eventually solves that. I think he's too good of an offensive player to be like, well, I but you're fronting with him. So like, you're going to be doing that regardless. There's yeah. just so much work. And I feel like you're shortening the margin for error. And we're, you know, going back to into the stuff that's happening with the regular season where it's like, you expect them to show and recover. For example, when they had love and hero starting for two guys over and over and over and over again, that feels like something you throw in a playoff matchup where like you want to, you know, specific things that that you're looking for right like in a sixers matchup um if the if the focus is to keep bam on Embiid, i don't know man like i think you can easily do that while, while having bam front and you know having other guys help off and kind of executing that matchup that we saw in the second half of the series i don't know why you got to go through the experiment again i think their margin for error is smaller well, than i don't disagree year. with you i'm just saying what i think spo will do i, I think and Kenny, i want to get your thoughts on this too like i think they'll use a lot of zone which has kind of been a bit of a little gimmick trump card that they have. I don't like to call it a gimmick. There, there's with zone Bam and Jimmy on the floor. Uh, yeah, I, I think so, and I think their zone with Bam on their zone with Bam has been really, really good this year. It's been. Uh, I'm I just surprised you think they'll do that versus Embiid. I just think that they might have to try a lot of stuff because in reality they don't have. Unlike last year, I think the fact that Tucker, you know, having having Tucker really kind of gave you a, an important tool to kind of mix up your defensive coverages. Now I you're think Caleb one... serves that purpose huh? now. I think Caleb kind He's of not, serves all But he doesn't have now. the size that PJ does. And they use PJ to guard and beat a lot. And he was their backup five. And kind of the PJ with Jimmy helping worked in spurts. I don't think they have that option. And I think having love guard and beat, I think you have to stay. Oh, yeah. No, I was definitely not talking about Caleb guard. No, but I, I'm just saying, like, the <laughs> game the game's going to ebb and flow, right? So it's like yeah, there are yeah. going to be times where Bam's on the floor that. and Embiid's on the floor. Yeah. You Spoke, can't give up those switches, though. You can't give them those those damn matchups. And I that's why like you, that's why you go and recover. But I agree. No, I agree with you. I just I just think they'll go to that, and I think the zone's going to be kind of a something. I, I just think that they're also going to go to a lot of late late help, like late doubles on Embiid. I think what they want is Harden to dribble the ball out of the clock, run an action, get Embiid, send a bunch of help from the corner, and make sure that Embiid does not because Embiid loves to roll to that kind of center of the floor in that little paint area, like right under the free throw line. Like that's his spot. And he does that little push shot and he's like automatic from there. And I think if you're Miami, you're like, okay, well 
that that action is like the most dangerous thing That's on the fine. floor. I think you could you could send two there. I just think I'm uh, yeah no, and you can you can really it. kind of like I don't think you want to duck too much under the screen because you don't want to give Harden kind of that angle. But you know like if Tobias if you have to like vacate Tobias, and and if you're Jimmy who's probably gonna spend time on him, and you're like okay, well I'm gonna make Tobias Harris have to be a great player to beat us, and we're just gonna have to send help and fly everywhere. Then so be it. But I think you cannot allow that to happen like that and be pick and roll to get to that middle of the floor. And if you got to send, I, I don't know who would be the corner man, but you got to send whoever the corner man is to almost pre rotate. Yeah. And kind of Jimmy also kind of, kind of duck into the pick and roll. So if it's bam and Gabe Vincent, for example, you have Jimmy kind of pinching in and then you have that corner man kind of coming in kind of pre-rotating to make sure that if Embiid does catch that ball, he's swarmed by three or four jerseys and you make him make that pass. And if if they beat you, then so well, like you don't have the tools yeah. to, to really do more. But can that's, that's why I'm starting to think like, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's like sure. I feel like Boston doesn't stretch out your defense in that same way that Philly can just because you're so like intent on making sure Embiid does not get good post position with smalls on him. And, you know, you got to be sharp with all of that. Whereas like with the Boston guys, it's more like, you know, they're going to they're going to hunt one of your whoever is, you know, your weaker defender on the floor at the time, whether it's Tyler, Max, Love, Duncan, if he gets thrown in there or whatever, like, and they're and you're going to have to live with it, whether it's by throwing, uh, you know, by shading and helping or, you know, whatever. But it's a little bit more predictable, I think. It's not like an Embiid thing where he's just so physically massive and also skilled. Like, we know his limitations as a passer, and that's why you do all that aggressive defense stuff and why I feel good about it. But it's still so hard. Like, you got to be on point. You cannot mess up. You cannot have any minutes where Embiid is on the floor where Bam is not on the floor, and also Jimmy, of course. But I'm just saying, like, you got to minimize the the areas where, you know, they can really take advantage there. And, you know, I think acquiring Melton and PJ definitely helps them because they're going to make things hard for the Heat. Like, they're a pretty good defense, too. So they have more guys that you can pick on than Boston does. But even then, like, Jimmy, you know, the guys that, that are good defenders on the Celtics, Jimmy can still pick on them. He can still pick on Derek White. He could still pick on like a Brogdon if he wanted to, uh, you know, Marcus Smart. We've seen him do it before. And you said something that I thought was interesting. You said that you're not worried about the Celtics roll bigs, you know, kind of in terms of, uh, you know, if you switch that and, and you kind of if they're going to do that, you, you let you I don't know. You just live with it. I, I don't know. Even if Rob Williams is not as good as he was last year, athletically, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Horford's how I feel another about guy who, who kind of, you know, rolls. I mean, I don't know. I just. I think your focus has to be on the win. I just, Kenny, I just don't think yeah. that Miami, as Alex, I think Alex put it very well. I just don't think Boston stretches them the way Miami does. And I think that in the Philly series, Miami has more upside to like discombobulate the Sixers. But I, yeah. I just, I don't, I think they're a little too small. And I think they're mm -hmm. just, they just don't have enough juice to make what I believe is possible possible. So, and I don't have an answer to this. I've, I've just like been sitting on a question for a while while you're talking about this, about this defensive scheme and stuff. And so I have more of a question than an answer. Mm -hmm. But, and I'm thinking it might be too complicated, but should they, let's say, switch one through four and then when they double up to MB, then send the late double? Or is that too complicated for them? No, I mean, they do that a lot already with, with like. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's it. I think do that's that with Bam fronting and beat still. Yeah, yeah. I have a possible, basically. And, and yeah. they, what they could do is, like, once the shot clock's at seven, you could switch that. So, like, yeah. if, if they run a if they run an action 
with like seven, right? Because if you switch and they don't really, I mean, I think once they switch, though, I think Harden kind of goes like they'll, he'll get the matchup he likes. But I'm saying in the event that you know they get a reset or something and and you have seven, I think Bam could switch onto Harden at that point. And if it, and and mm-hmm. you kind of force him to either make a play or to make a a pass that under a little too much duress, and that's actually the kind of plays that Jimmy and Kyle really get a lot of their turnovers from. I think Kyle especially is really kind of good at knowing when there's a pass under duress and kind of getting under the the the, mm-hmm. the receiver of the ball and kind of getting like those like low pokes and stuff like that. I think that's what he's really good at. So I think you can. And I think that, you know, they're a, I think they're a veteran team and that's why you want veteran teams, right? The point of what is kind of Kevin Arnivan says you win championships with grown ass men. It's cause you, you need them to follow yeah. instructions like that. And like, sometimes young guys mm-hmm. go a little rogue, Alex. I mean, they've thrown all kinds of stuff out, like for the past two seasons, three seasons, whatever. But specifically this season, like I, I think they're they're capable of doing these types of things, executing different coverages and whatever you're going to do. And I, I want to I'm excited to see Spo as the underdog doing that, whether it's against the Celtics or the Sixers. And I think Jimmy specifically, you know, we could talk about the rest of the team, but Jimmy specifically loves being the underdog, mm-hmm. and so um, it would be fun to kind of you know, watch people be surprised by the Heat making a, a series versus Boston competitive. If it went down to six or seven games, that would be awesome. Obviously, if the Heat won, that would be great. And not even, like, from a fan perspective, just for us, five on the floor, Heat beat. Like, we need this team to keep going because, man, the offseason is going to be tough. And <laughs> we're going to be – we're going to be t- – we're going to be beating <laughs> the dead horse with so many of these damn podcasts and topics. I'm not ready for it. Like, this season man. has been long, but it's already, like, man, I, I do not – I'm not looking forward to we the got Moose. I'm, I'm waiting and, for the playoffs. We got Moose and Frankie and, on draft beat already. They're just excited. So at least whatever, they'll, they'll, they'll milk that. You know what? To Alex's point, too, and I'm glad I don't pay attention to Heat Twitter anymore. I kind of, like, exited Heat Twitter without – I gave Heat Twitter, like, an Irish goodbye. I just pretty much don't talk to them anymore. But you understand what the reactions are going to look like when the Heat do what they have no choice but to do and just bring a bunch of guys back on tradable contracts. Exactly. I'm not looking forward to it. They can't upgrade unless they like throw some first-round picks at the problem. Like Otherwise, yeah. they're, they're not going to have anywhere near cap space. They're going to have to bring back their guys because you know you can get them over the cap, and they're mm-hmm. going to be relatively cost-controlled you know, compared to other guys out there. I don't think any of them are going to demand big contracts. So you're probably going to get most of them yeah. back, and then maybe they trade How a did guy this become first round picks. What but I, that's it. No, but that's it. I, I, like, I, I want to talk limited. about the encore product. I don't want to talk about. No, but that's the point. Contracts. That's the point that Kenny's making, though. It's like they're yeah. so limited that I'm not looking forward to an off season of repeating myself Me over neither, and over. So let's it. not do it There's... now. Okay, my fault. Um, what what else were we saying before we got uh, derailed? Before you started scolding me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sick of that shit. Like how you Ethan scold Nick. <laughs> We're gonna have plenty of time to complain about salaries and shit. Let's uh let's listen, I'm having I'm enjoying talking about the actual game. There's basketball to be yeah. played that matters, and oh, they're not gonna tank and I wanna talk about what well, they may do. Well you know what? Because we, we kinda glossed over what Jimmy Butler did yesterday. And I, I just that wanna, was hilarious, Kenny. I want to I want to just award him as the greatest troll of all time. Dog. This man did not look at the basket for three and a half quarters. It was so funny, <laughs> Kenny. I said on the post game yesterday that it felt like you know, like when you go into work and you just say like I'm not doing shit today, 
And then it's like yeah. four thirty rolls around, and they're like, "Hey, did you do this thing?" And like nobody else did it, and you just fucking you get into productivity mode. That's what Jimmy did. That man did not want to work that day, and fucking four thirty rolled around, and he's like, "I got this." And <laughs> no, no, no. So clocked out. There's an actual story. I forgot what series it was. I think it might have been Phoenix. Well, um, Kobe, somebody said something about Kobe not trusting his teammates. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, so he he just passed. refused yeah. to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. I literally thought Jimmy was doing it. I thought somebody pissed Jimmy off, and he was like, you know what? I'm not passing. You say I don't pass the BAM, I'm passing everything. I literally thought that. And then I look up fourth quarter, he's just, what, seven for seven in the fourth quarter? Oh, die. It was crazy. What did he have, 18 points? Uh, Alex? 18 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Nine through three, 18 in the fourth. Crazy. And like effortless, it didn't even look like he was forcing shit. It just looked like, oh man, man came to hoop. Man came to hoop. He's this is man, and that's why I think he's my favorite player now. After Wade, I I think that he makes more of an impact in uh we we're gonna we're gonna address that in a second. Uh, I think he just makes more of an impact in a Boston series because I I do think that Philadelphia has I think Embiid. Presents a an issue for him on offense on on offense that when Embiid kind of steps up on like on his jumpers and drives it does make it difficult for him. I, I think that is a difficult ask, especially because they don't have the shooters to have a spread floor. I think Boston being a little bit smaller and I think they have enough tools to work but around. They're playing two bigs, huh? But they're playing two bigs and then they're kind of big at every position if you look at it. Boston, maybe not. We've seen, I mean, yeah, we've seen Jimmy cook them because at the end of the day, like he can. I mentioned that earlier. I'm just saying, like they have size at every position. It's not like they're a small team. No, I I know, but it's not as imposing as Embiid, right? Like I think we. I mean, listen, yeah. we saw last year they decided I'm not guarding PJ Tucker, and you know Rob Williams is like under every pick and roll that they're doing, and it doesn't they're matter. Do that with Caleb. It doesn't matter exactly. They're gonna do it with Caleb. They're gonna do the same thing, and. It did not perturb Jimmy very much, uh, because yeah. also, unlike Embiid, I, mean, I can make the same case for the Sixers thing, where like thing, we saw Embiid come step up, and it did not perturb Jimmy very much. I like, don't he know. Was, I I do think there's an officiated thing as well, and I think it's just I don't want to I don't want to create a controversy. I just think that like a guy like Embiid is going to be officiated differently than a guy like Rob Williams, and yeah, Embiid sure. mm-hmm. is going to be afforded more contact because of. Kind of his stardom on the offensive end. And it's not a conspiracy. It's just fact. Bro. You have to be physical with him to guard him. Like, exactly. Like, that's how that works. So, and I, I think Jimmy kind of works off of contact. He's not like a guy that, like, I'm looking only for contact. But, you know, he's a guy that loves contact and can finish through it. So He almost always wants to initiate contact first. It feels like that's always the goal. And yeah. Yeah, no, it's for gonna sure. It's going to be tough when they start collapsing the paint, man. I but he has his plan B when he doesn't get that whistle. I think some guys only go in for – like Harden only goes in for contact, right? Jimmy's like yeah. contact first, basket second, um, mm-hmm. in the true grift. Yeah, Jimmy's trying to get an and one every time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's crazy how good he is at that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and not turning the ball over. And how reliable – like. Anytime that he, what other team is on a run, Jimmy's just like, give me the ball, I'm gonna get to the line, and it just works every single time. I also think that like in a Sixer series, if you screen with guards, Embiid has an easy time helping off of Bam, right? So if if you do run, yeah. Miami's Miami's best actions are Tyler or Lowry screening for Jimmy, a hundred percent. That has yielded the best results, or Duncan or whoever the small guys on, you know. 
they get the best stuff. I think Kyle and Tyler particularly have been really, really good screeners for him. Um, very, very physical. Maxi going to have to work on the defensive end. Huh? Maxi going to have to work on the defensive Absolutely. end whenever he's on the same and time that's, as Jimmy. That's what you want to do, though. That's barbecue yeah, chicken yeah, for yeah. Jimmy. But what happens is uh, in minutes where Embiid's on the floor, now, you know, in a play, I mean, again, there is the Doc Rivers factor to this that we don't talk enough about. That guy fucking sucks. And listen, sometimes Doc Rivers is really good. Like in the regular season last year, they put in beat on Jimmy and it absolutely discombobulated Miami's offense. And it was similar to the way that Vogel put Anthony Davis on Jimmy in the finals. And Miami was able to solve that very creatively with initiating handoffs with Crowder instead of their center. And they did a lot of funky shit to kind of get Jimmy out of that and then back into an action. In this kind of series without their shooting and without their like litany of bigs that can do stuff like that, it's going to be difficult for them, I think, to kind of maneuver that defensive adjustment that we never saw in the playoffs last year because Doc Rivers is going to Doc Rivers. So we might just be – Doc Rivers just might be hand in spoa series too. Like we should not overlook that. And we're talking about a matchup that's like probably not even going to happen too. I know. I just think <laughs> – listen, I mean, well, what's the, what's the score of this Nets game? Uh, it's gone back and forth. I know Dude, that. Let's, can I clear something down, up? I'm confused 11. about this. I think it would be good for the fans because I'm confused about <laughs> this too. I thought the only scenario where the Heat could get into six was Brooklyn they went out. Lose one more. I thought that the the Nets had to go like one more win and then they had to lose the rest of their games and then the Heat had to win out. It was like that type of no, scenario. No, there's two scenarios. If Brooklyn loses out, Miami can lose one game. If now they only because they lost, they only have to lose one more game. Miami's a game back in the standings. So yeah. So technically, they're one point five back because they don't have the, the tiebreaker. They don't have the tiebreaker. So okay. they each have three games left, including tonight against Detroit. So if they if they win against Detroit, likely, I believe they have. I think it's Orlando and Toronto or Washington. Um, I'll I'll double check right now. I don't know why I keep thinking they. I know we play Orlando. Um. Yeah, they have Orlando on April 7th, and then they have the Sixers April 9th. Philadelphia likely sitting everybody not playing for anything. So I think their best bet to lose a game is that Orlando game. And so if they lose a second game, Miami has to win out, which includes tomorrow night against Philly. Now, if they lose against Philly, they need they need the Nets to lose both games at Orlando and, and against Philly. Okay. Okay. A little so, bit more flexible than I thought. Those are the scenarios because, uh, again, yeah, winning so where last would you put night, the odds at right now where they land? Huh? Where would, where would you put, like, an estimate of the odds right now where they where they end up? I'm not going to lie. I'd probably put, like, 75% that they land at six. At, at, at seven. Oh, okay. I was going to say. That's what I thought. I don't know. Kenny, do you agree? Yeah, I think so. Um, they have the Sixers on tomorrow, right? Yeah. That's our hangover time. It's going to be a little tough. Can't wait. Um, I, you know, I bet they pull that win out tomorrow though. Because I don't know who plays. So I don't know if Embiid plays. I don't know. I don't know what yeah, they get they have this spot locked, right? It doesn't matter to them anymore. I well, actually, no, I think the thing was that I read today was that they need um they need Boston to to win, right? Or lose. <laughs> Sorry, so Boston's so down, the Raptors tonight. Boston's down one to Toronto right now. Uh Philly is two games behind Boston, so they're technically still in contention for two. Milwaukee <laughs> I think is a game away from clinching one if they haven't already. Um, I don't know who has the tiebreaker between them and Boston. Uh, Cleveland is two and a half back. 
of Philadelphia. I don't know who has a tiebreaker in those scenarios. So it's it's pretty. It's not everything's still close enough. I think New York is New York's locked into five. I believe. Um, or I think no, there's three. They're three back of Brooklyn. So not even New York is locked into five. So nothing's really set yet. It's been super close uh, throughout. So pretty I, much locked in. I think Boston's a likely matchup. I just I get worried. I, the one thing I worry about is the Raptors uh, playing Miami. I don't like that matchup for Miami. Um, Need the Hawks to win tonight, man. Hawks are up. Listen, but here's the thing with the Hawks. You know, you know the thing with Atlanta that they have like forty straight games of being a game within five hundred. <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks right now are one game over five hundred. Oh no! That does I mean, not. They won the last game too. Yeah, I think they... that they're one game. So if they win tonight, the streak's over, and Atlanta is the most mid team ever. And I, I oh, hold think... on, hold on. I'm looking right now at the actual box score of the game going on. It's still the first quarter. The Wizards are not playing anybody, brother. They're <laughs> playing Beal, <laughs> Porzingis, Kuzma, and the Hawks are at home. Like if they lose this, man, I don't even know what to say. Like the Wizards are not even in a like a playing hunt anymore. <laughs> Like this should be a guaranteed dub for the Hawks. Listen, don't sleep on Kispert. <laughs> um, yeah, Porzingis is playing really well. I was wrong about him. Oh no, no he's not playing. I know so. he's not. I'm just saying that I was really wrong about. <laughs> oh, in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, really yeah. wrong about Porzingis. Washington, that victory. Low key, low key. How many guys have gone to Washington and looked amazing? I think it's a mirage over there. Westbrook looked yeah. fucking awesome there. Yeah, was incredible. Porzingis, Kuzma. I'm not falling for it anymore. Well, did what he was ass over there. He was. Yeah, he was. Because yeah, there's no crypto over there. He just needs. Uh, <laughs> he, just, he needs just a little uh, digital. That man wanted his contract to be paid in Bitcoin or some shit like that. What a fucking nerd. He should, he should come here and be <laughs> friends with that fucking crook Francis. Udonis's best friend. I'll never get over that. Oh man, isn't Jimmy we'll getting sued for some crypto shit? Is he? Yeah, he is getting sued for some crypto shit. So is so is Steph though. That's, allegedly, allegedly. I don't know though. I don't know that we need, we should get a legal expert on to talk about that. I don't know what's going on with Jimmy. Are you in? I know some what? Heat Twitter legal experts. Oh, we we gotta get on that, Mikey. Mikey, Mikey Sanchez, get on here. The Canes lost, so get on here as people don't stalk your flights. Shout out to Mikey. Yeah, what was that? You know what? Tell me all. That was the weirdest heat Twitter. That was it wasn't even heat Twitter. It was like Kane's Twitter. I don't know. It was the lamest beef ever. It was like a beef about who had college basketball flights. And it's like, bro, just leave Mikey alone, bro. Who who dislikes Mikey Sanchez? <laughs> Come on, bro. Leave him alone, bro. Just what's yeah, going I, on? I can't even lie. Kane's Twitter and Dolphin's Twitter look like scary places. Kane's Twitter is wild. Kane's tailgates are weird, bro. It feels it feels weird. I, I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I haven't been to many, but it's just, it feels like a different place. Everybody there's named Armando. It, it's, it's the thing I've noticed about like Canes fans. There's a lot of racism, which is weird <laughs> consider, considering the Canes history. Like it's real fucking weird to be racist and like that team. But I don't know, man. We, we live we live in a strange city, Kenny. <laughs> we, live, we live in a, a strange city, Kenny. Carlianos is watching it. I don't, know what, I don't know what I'm watching, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I've kind of come to the, I mean, we've really talked a lot about the Sixers. I, I just pray to God they don't have to play Toronto. I, I just, I don't want any oh of that. God. That I think is doomsday for Miami. Yeah. Like having that bloodbath of a game and then having to go into a Boston series. I don't and they could it. lose, by the way, I don't, I yeah. would not pick them. To, I straight up would not pick them to win that game. I don't blame you. I don't yeah, pick. I know, you've I, been saying it the whole show. But <laughs> I, don't I, blame you. I do not pick them to win that game. 
And I then, don't blame you either, but they're going to be at home, and I think the whole thing you've seen all season is that they've been pretty good in the clutch. I was listen. You I was trust at Jimmy to be the closer, and Jimmy's a Raptors killer. I was at the game at home. Jimmy's not a Raptors. I was at every damn game. I was at that one too. They <laughs> lost that game at home, bro. I was there. I that was the first time I ever sat in a in a suite. It was it was quite yeah. Delightful. You were paying attention. Yeah, dude, they, they had a cake platter that they bring to you. I, I was like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> I never want to so sit with Christian Hernandez again. This is a lot. I had a fucking waiter to Go overcharge me for gin and tonics. Just free popcorn. I think the arena needs to get off the Bombay Sapphire. Can we get some real? Can we get a fucking local gin or something? Can we get like Harry Blues or Tropical Distillery in there? I'm sick and tired of fucking Bombay Sapphire in my gin. Shout out Tropical Distillery. Huh? Shout out Tropical Distillery. Good fine. area for a Really good party. gin. Uh, they, I, I bought the gin great, last time I went. Great liquor. Great stuff. Can, can, we, can, we, can the arena be filled with they local products? They make their own drinks. It's really good stuff. Okay, well, they don't pay us, so let's chill with that. You know, when they pay <laughs> us, we'll, 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 we'll chill. Until then, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hang out on that. Can I ask but, you a question about Bam really quick? Yes. How do you feel about this whole thing where, like, you know, the, the, the field goal attempts have been down by, like, four or five or whatever the is number it that is? that much? It's break. No, I mean it's something where like it's a it's a significant drop, maybe not that much, but uh, um, do you do you buy into any of the narrative where like Kim and Jimmy can't both be at the top of their games from an offensive perspective, or it was just like oh Bam was the guy was the number one offensive. Twenty twenty never happened, Alex. Twenty twenty never happened. That was a mirage created by the government and Pat Riley (laughs) to trick you into thinking that they could be good on offense. That never happened. We made it up. 2022 never happened. It's fiction. You know? 2022 never happened. That one was invented by a writer. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I know that. I don't, I, I'm just saying, I think it's been a little weird, especially now with the hip stuff. Like, I just hope it's not a bad timing thing with Bam where he ends up having, you know, a series where his field goal attempts are hovering around like 12 instead of like 16 or whatever it was at. And people are like, oh, man, he reverted back to the old Bam. And then everybody's saying he's not a Max Bear. He's not a big. And it's the whole offseason. Like <laughs> and now I'm you're really just the Bam looking. that I used to know. He just doesn't get the credit. But um, I, I just wish he would go back to what he was doing pre off You don't think so he gets the credit that Cody out. Zeller gets? I wonder what's happening there. <laughs> I mean, hmm. wait, wait. You're telling me hmm. that defenses aren't worried about Cody Zeller like they're worried about Bam Adebayo <laughs> as a roller? No. Man, yo, hey, G told me that was oh, an actual conversation that happened, and I just was. didn't even want to believe People it. wanted to trade Bam, bro. It was crazy. It, Alex, it was so bad it's that Chef, Chef Trilly. Comments, my comments locked on. All of the comments are littered with that. Chef Trilly, not our comments. Our comments are too busy hating me. Go look at YouTube. My Our comments? Yes, everybody's comments. It's not, you know. It's, I, I, it's think, I think our audience has been pretty good about that. They mostly no, say they mostly say G stop breathing into the mic so hard, or G get on no, a treadmill. That's been a thing. Forever. Or G stop going to Fireman <laughs> Derrick's. You know, all these you know, litany of fat jokes. Yeah, right. Go look at YouTube. It's a bunch of trade bam bam sucks. Not a center. Not a max player. That's just Siobhan. Oh, I'm kidding. God. I love you, Siobhan. I'm, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love you. Alienate I love you, Siobhan. I love you. Siobhan's like my sister. She's the best. I love her. Um. Nah, I mean, listen, it's uh, that that's just the reality of, of fandom, right? I think that they see Zeller have, and and Deadman have really kind of positive like output as a role man, but Jimmy. But I also think that part of that is like it's Jimmy plus Roller plus against a bench lineup, 
and that typically goes well. Those also tend to be the most shooting heavy lineups because usually it's like Tyler and Max along with those guys. So it's like the two guys like or Duncan lately, right? So it's like the guys who actually shoot the ball well, and there's just more space in that Mavs game, especially. What was Kenny for our agenda? What was the big thing in that Mavs game? Duncan played, Hell uh, yeah. and you know he, you know, there's spacing and and Max had a really good game that night which I think, you know, and also really important thing. So it's like when you got to stay home on max that those slip lanes are in. And I think you saw Bam do some of it yesterday was Jimmy doesn't move quick. So Bam is more used to like the Dwayne, Kyle and Goron school of pick and roll where it's like, I'm going to pick and I'm going to roll and Dwayne kind of lofts it over, you know, or Goron and Kyle just kind of go but they, they kind of go quick. Jimmy likes to mix up his timings. And I think those backup centers just had a knack for that kind of thing. I think you saw yesterday, Bam kind of screened and waited a second. And then his man would kind of come into Jimmy and then Bam kind of rolled behind him and then got like dunks. And it's like, yeah, he could do it too, bro. He's just doing other stuff on offense. And, and it's, 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 that's all true, but it's also just as simple as there's no coach in the league being like, hey, guys, we need to do whatever we can to stop Cody Zeller on these roles. Exactly. That's just all it is. Like He has those opportunities because nobody's game planning for him. The extra help is coming in the paint for Bam. They weren't it's even doing that, that when he was at Indiana. <laughs> like, it, 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 it's, it's that simple. I, I think – and I don't even want to, like, entertain that too much because I do want to give Cody Zeller his credit for executing on that. Because that was needed, but that's really just all it is. There's nobody's game plan against Cody Zeller. And that Mavs defense is so bad. It's terrible. It's porous. Even though it was put out today that the Heat's defensive rating since All-Star break is worse than the Mavs. <laughs> Our defense is bad, too. Have you watched them? They fucking yeah, let no, Detroit score all over them. I know, man. And that's Detroit. kind of why I'm not as confident about that Sixers match. You know, like you said, I just think, like, you know, you, you – you have all those good habits you built up in the first half and the second half of the season. Like you're just, you've been one of the bottom five defenses by defensive rating. Their half court defense is taking a huge dip. Transition defense is taking a huge dip. There's nothing gimmicky about it. So like now to try to, uh, you know, recapture some of those good habits and being on point with every single action for multiple efforts, every possession, like, man, that is going to be so hard when you're talking about being on point versus Embiid and Harden or Tatum and Brown, like, I don't know if they could just flip that switch. I feel like you you should give them a little bit a little bit benefit of the doubt because of you know who they've been since Jimmy's been here, who they've been since Pat's been here, just from like a defensive first type of mindset. But man, like I don't think that's reasonable to do to try to flip a switch and build back good habits after kind of eating crap for the past two months. And I don't know. I think it's gonna kind of result in an earlier exit than they wanted and they expected for this season. And it's going to be kind of the perfect end to the season just from a, a karma standpoint. They got to build back better, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is such a bad slogan. Like, this is not even political. It's just like, uh, it just Alex sounds like, I'm like, sorry. <laughs> this is not political at all. I just think Alex, Alex is like, the branding is off here. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, this is a different conversation weird. about how the Democrats branding is just off. But, you know, we're not like, what does that mean? <laughs> Um, <laughs> we're back better. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know, man. It sounds like something to do with physical therapy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Miami Heat beat. Build like back a seven better. step program to rebuild your back after traumatic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Call one eight hundred. Build back. Yeah. 
use promo code. I'm picking code. the Sixers matchup because Dwayne Dedman plays for the Sixers. I forgot oh, about yeah. that. By the way, he's been even worse there. Oh, my God. I need oh, that. Oh, my God. You we want the, you want the lineup up, data? Hold on. I'll give you the lineup data. He, like, doesn't play that much. imagine Doc playing him versus the Heat in the playoff series? Oh, my God. I would I really, I would really I appreciate that. if Doc Rivers did that. That would be very funny. Um, Philly. Uh, He's gonna play more Paul Reed and basketball Twitter. They're gonna lose their minds again. Dwayne Dedman <laughs> in 43 minutes is a minus 35 net rating. <laughs> Holy <crap>. How? <laughs> he stinks, dude. <laughs> He's horrible. But it's like, like it, at least with the Heat, we could say like, all right, well, he's had the injuries and his back, but the Sixers gave him time to heal. He wasn't playing. I think the first month he was there. And he just comes back and he's still like that's crazy. That's true. He was not playing. He yeah. had time to heal. <laughs> he's still <laughs> awful. That dude like, man. That dude sucks. Man. What a turn. Yeah, he stinks. But But man, y'all remember that I think two, three month run when he first got to the heat. He just looked like the best backup big in the world. Nikias could not stop talking shit to to Steve on his pod because Nikias had been banging the table. Can someone get Dwayne Dedman? And uh, Pat Riley listened. I think Zeller looks better now than Deadman ever did. No, yeah. no way, no way. <laughs> yeah, no. You're I just wrong. think he moves so much better, bro. Like, did you do you not remember so the first year against here. the Bucks? That man was the only good player on a in a playoff game. Fluke. No, I, that he looked better. No, <laughs> dude, he was like. Well, I just think Zeller moves better. Maybe that's what I'm. I had to say, an argument yeah. that Dwayne Deadman was like the best backup center in the league at one point. Like, that was a stretch. Yeah, first year, yeah. Geo uh GOT three three says first year Deadman was a demon. Yeah. Uh, first year Deadman was a problem. We gotta we gotta do one of those videos. I think he did he like kind of slip at the end of that year too or no? Uh no, it was it was the following year, I think. Yeah, yeah. He slipped a little yeah. bit. But which, you know, they stopped playing him. They play PJ Tucker at yeah. the they play PJ Tucker at the five. But that's kind of how that goes. So we'll see how this season ends. You know, we went pretty in depth on a series that might not happen, but that's how content creation goes, baby. We just talk about shit in speculation, and uh, that's how the sausage is made out here. Shout out to Miami Gaming Parties for sponsoring us. Shout out to Alex from Five on the Floor for five right. reasons. Co-host to Ethan Skolnick and this guy they call Greg. And superstar Brady Hawk. I don't know why and you would superstar leave him Brady Hawk. The, the the biggest star in Miami. It's not that Sandy guy or that we jazz guy. Do the Panthers have a good player? Is uh is uh is Barky still there? Yeah, he's he's still there. Is Barky still there? Are, are the Panthers good, Alex? I don't know. I don't know why you would ask me that. <laughs> you come five reasons. Is uh is Brady Hawk better than Tyreek Hill? Is Brady Hawk better at basketball coverage than Tyreek Hill is at football? I, I think yeah. so. I think yes. I think I think Brady's at that level, dude. I think I think yeah, Brady's yeah, there. I think I think it's like Brady. I think it's like Zach Lowe, Nikias, <laughs> like you know, Mike Ryan, Jeremy Taché, and then Brady Hawk. <laughs> I think Brady has a little bit of growing to do. Shout out to Jeremy Taché, man. What a career for Jeremy. We gotta get Jeremy back on the program. Friend yeah. of the show. You know, mm-hmm. Kristen and I were at a Heat Knicks game, and Jeremy just sat. You know, Jeremy was schmoozing 
with all like heat employees, you know, like in, during a timeout, then sat at the little table, like where right next to where like the dancers and the mascot comes out. And Christian and I were just yelling at the top of our lungs, Jeremy, all those Nick fans in the stands. Cause it was like pure fucking Nick fans. Hardest working man in the industry or one of them turned around, God, looked at us, smiled and pointed. Everything. Huh? Oh, my bad. They have them doing everything, man. Valley has them, you know, on TV. They've got them doing the, the, the courtside reporting, the podcast. I mean, he's always like, he's, he does editing stuff like on a computer, like he does behind the scenes stuff. Like they have him doing everything. Oh, so, for sure. I mean, yeah, I know. In game seven, I think this is decent. Like last, uh, last season, game seven versus the Celtics, he was uh, next to us in media row. And man, he had two laptops out, one actually on his lap, one right above it on, on the table in media row. <laughs> Had headphones on with one, like, he had the headset place where, like, it was on only one ear, you know what I mean? Trying to pay attention to the game while also whatever he was editing on on his two computers while also paying attention to the game. Like, incredible. He was completely disheveled, which is, like, the the one time I ever saw him like that because he's always so, like, well put together. You know what I mean? Jeremy 100% a nice guy. has a facial routine. Like, he has a skincare routine every morning. Like, he does a, oh he does a rolly thing. <laughs> right, hundred percent. I gotta get Jeremy on just to ask him these questions. Jeremy, do you have a do you have a do you have a skincare routine? The deuces don't have that, by the way. The deuces that they're, they're uh, screw the deuces. Dos Minutos was hacked by some sort of crypto account, which has been very funny. Uh, so if you go, I don't even think that at Dos Minutos exists anymore, does it? Did they change it? Fuck the deuces. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, five reasons uh, started working together again just so we could. Step on the throats of our competition. <laughs> I don't know if this is too inside, but whoever listens to the pod will find this funny. This is our friendship with Dose, who's been on the pod a lot. After Dose got hacked, uh, a Leif asked, What happened? And Dose said, This is what happens in America when you get too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like one of the funniest fucking things. He's hilarious. I love that guy. Uh, but check out check out five reasons and all the offerings they have there. Alex co-hosts with again superstar Brady Hawk, Leif, and and Ethan. If you love Leif, Cody, Cody Zeller episode dropping tonight. Cody Zeller episode dropping tonight as they uh, they asked lots of fun stuff. Alex is kind of giving me the rundown. You guys don't want to miss that one. A lot of really funny things you guys are gonna catch. And Alex already broke some news here uh, on that. Make sure to check out Hangover Time tomorrow. Listen, uh, big show against the Sixers. You don't want to miss out. You know, uh, Alpha kind of already. Let the cat out of the bag that, you know, this may be the last season for hangover time. So make sure that you cherish each and every episode as, uh, as this, you know, this, this could be the last dance. So tune into that with brass and Alf got cooking with the crew, uh, for heat Sixers, you know, garbage franchise. I fucking hate them. And yeah, we'll, we'll keep you covered, uh, on our, you know, on our road to the play in slash playoffs. Brooklyn is, uh, currently losing or winning, I believe by a lot of points. They are up, yeah, they're up 74 to 57. So that dream's wow. dead. It's all on the Orlando Magic, as it always is. And we'll see you guys <laughs> tomorrow for the pregame show, pregaming. Uh, Kenny, are you on tomorrow? Um, If the game starts at 730 Eastern, yeah. Yes, if it does. Before, I know. Saucy right. takes Lou, maybe me, maybe Frankie, and Kenny. So wow, two of highly his own. Some, some <laughs> combination of that will be on the show and then hang over time after that. So we love you guys, and we'll see you then. Mm-hmm.